Hi everyone, it's Madele again. Okay, so this podcast was adapted and expanded from a presentation I gave at the 6th JA Atonda Lectures and Conference at the Babcock University in Nigeria. The theme of the conference was Yoruba culture and society. So I gave the, this this presentation in June and I'm glad I had an opportunity to present at the conference because it gave me an opportunity to sort of articulate my thoughts on the interplay between religion, cultural identity and society. In this um, podcast, I... In the lecture, I introduced the meetup titled Exploring the Omoluabi Philosophy in the 21st Century. I hope you find it um, worth your while. Yeah, thanks. Bye. topic is religion, cultural identity, and society. So I'm a radiologist and the question you would ask is what concerns a radiologist with cultural identity and religion? Well, over the last few years, the world has been through a lot of experience from the Donald Trump presidency to coronavirus pandemic. There has been a lot happening in the world of recent and Probably one or two people just like me have had to ask questions that um, maybe have sort of challenged the ideas that they had previously or the way they understood life previously. So let's look at religion, morality and cultural identity. Religion and moral culture are like the chicken and the egg. You ask which came first, was it the egg or the chicken? Some say the egg, some say the chicken, but we won't go into that. So, But the truth is, most religions are embedded in people's culture and vice versa. Religion provides a means of social cohesion and order within a community. In communities, there, there are codes of conduct, the way things are done, the way things are expected to be done, the way people are expected to behave. So... In religious communities, for the most part, there's a lot of social cohesion. Frequent participation in activities within a religious community also offers members a sense of social identity, and this improves their psychological well-being. So looking at religion and culture, religions are infused with the culture of the first custodians of the faith as they receive, they receive the faith within their culture. And um, so the first custodians of faith may express it within their cultural heritage. And as new converts embrace the faith, they also embrace some of the embedded culture of the first custodians of the faith. For example, Abrahamic religionists may have embraced some Jewish and or Arabic culture. Um, Christian celebrations are infused with ancient English, Greek, or Roman culture. For example, the Easter bunny, the Easter egg, the gifts we share during Christmas, the Christmas wreath, the Christmas tree, 
all these things are infused with some of these ancient um, cultures, ancient English, Greek or Roman culture. What are the socioeconomic benefits to the first custodians of the faith? Religious pilgrimages to the holy lands of the first custodians of the faith may boost economic fortunes of the country. Sale of religious symbols, clothing, apparel may be a source of revenue for these communities. And non-natives may learn the language of, the, of these first custodians of faith. And that ensures that their languages remain relevant in the world. Looking at the recent world events, the interplay between Trumpism and evangelicalism, since the evangelicals embraced former President Trump, despite all his non-Christian attributes, many African immigrants and foundational Black Americans started questioning the relevance of church to their racial reality. Some left church and the social benefits that church offers. And the truth is church does offer a lot of social benefits. It offers friendship, community, networking, um, um, things you do together, you sing together, you have um, um, activities, maybe you have um, outreaches together, you have um, different things really. The church always has a way of making people keep interacting and fellowshipping with each other. So many people lost their friends that they, they used to go to church with because they stopped going to church. Some who left church found identity in the religion of their ancestors. Some evangelicals became spiritual but not religious or religiously unaffiliated. So they still had a spiritual need. They still tried to remain spiritual, communicating with God, their creator, however they didn't fit, but they decided not to have anything to do with um, religious gatherings or, or gathering with people related to beliefs. So others tried to navigate their social-religious interactions as they sought a tailor-made approach while seeking a tailor-made approach to faith in a monotheistic God. Let's look at monotheism in southern Nigeria. Yoruba's traditionally expressed gratitude for good fortune and sought divine intervention via the Orishas or ancestral veneration, etc. Igbos of southeastern Nigeria also have their traditional religions. Some Yorubas later embraced Islam, which is a monotheistic faith, and they, along the line, also imbibed some of the Arabic culture. Then came the Europeans with Christianity and Western education. Many Yorubas and Igbos converted while attending Christian missionary schools. Some were enslaved and taken to the Americas and became Christians. Many became Christians, while some still kept, uh, kept their traditional practices and um, it evolved to suit their needs in the new world. So if we look at religion and culture, are these dynamic or do they get frozen in time? Culture is dynamic. It changes with increased knowledge and enlightenment. However, slavery and colonization affected the evolution of indigenous faiths within the cultures of southern Nigeria. So some of the indigenous faiths still involve customs and ceremonies that believers in the monotheistic God may prefer not to practice. Some may promote superstition, paranoia, fear mongering, which are not good for the advancement of 
scientific knowledge. So the question is, is it possible to explore a narrative of an indigenous faith in a monotheistic God for those of Southern Nigerian ancestry, a faith that is flexible enough to be open to upgrade to meet the needs of the 21st century and beyond. So I wrote a book titled The Chiodu Files and um, not really to do any spoilers but the book is really in summary about God trying to connect with young people of southern Nigerian ancestry and um, the book may appeal to people in the motherland or those in diaspora that see a monotheistic faith within the culture of their ancestors. It may appeal to the those who want an African story that is distinct from Middle Eastern or European origins. The book contains some PDF files, two PDF files to be precise, that were downloaded from two apps. Um, one is the Chi app, um, and the one on the Chi app is, was to contain information on the Omoluabi philosophy, which is a philosophy indigenous to Yoruba people and the Ezigbo Madu concept, which is an Igbo concept. These concepts are concepts that talk about good character, being a good person and all that. So um, the book sort of tried to build a story around that and to try to encourage people to work on their character, be the change that they seek and to share this, encourage other people. The file on the Odu app, on the other hand, is supposed to contain information on how to build a society that is egalitarian you know that kind of love your love your neighbor as yourself kind of society um, and um, these are things that in previous communities th these were co cohesive forces that existed in previous communities where people looked out for each other people tried to have um, communities that were welfareistic in some way and um, but right now because everybody is sort of me myself and I kind of with that kind of um, with, because many of us have that me, myself and I kind of mentality now, many people have, um, many people are struggling. So if the, the file on the Udo app is to sort of encourage us to have those kind of conversations within the community to see how we can build communities that in which people look out for each other. So let's just take a closer look at the Omoluabi philosophy. It's supposed to um, contain traits the traits of the Omoluabi are supposed to be demonstrated in how they speak, which is Orosiso, how they show respect, which is Iteriba, their goodwill to all, which is Inurere, their truthfulness, which is Otito, their character, which is Iwa, their act of bravery, which is Akinkonju, their hard work, which is Ishe, their intelligence, which is Okpolokutli. So these and many more, I mean, I got this from Wikipedia. I'm not an expert in this in any way. I'm it's, it's way, way out of my um, area of comfort. I, I really don't know so much in depth about um, all the traits of an Amoluabi, but these are some I got from Wikipedia, and I feel they are good traits. They are traits that one can try to imbibe, and um, if we all had these traits, the, our society would be the better for it. So, like I said, the book contained a story around how these young people got the files and these files that contained all this information. When they read those PDF files, the information they got there was very inspiring, very life-changing and all that. But the truth is, the kind of things that should be in the files are not... Um, I, I cannot say that I have all the knowledge on how people should... Um, on this, this um, philosophy 
and I wouldn't like to be like the tortoise who felt he had all the knowledge in the world. He had captured everything in a wisdom god and was going to climb up on a tree and hang it there. Of course, when he tried to climb up the tree, he wisdom god in front of him and he found it difficult to climb up the tree. So it was a passerby that now told him that, why don't you put that behind at your back so that you can climb up the tree better? suddenly he realized that that was some knowledge that the passerby had and that means he hadn't captured all the knowledge in the world in his um, wisdom god so he felt very frustrated and dashed the wisdom god to the floor and um, that was the end of the story so one shouldn't be like the tortoise i don't want to be like the tortoise so what did i do I set up a meetup group to crowdsource content um, for the children files the first aspect we're looking at right now is exploring the Omolua philosophy to try to get ideas on what the Moluwadi philosophy is um, is all about and um, to sort of write a draft of what should be in that first PDF file. Subsequently, we would also explore the Ezebomadu concept in detail, looking at what, how it is um, perceived within the Igbo culture and then also look at how what we can do to make our communities better. So there you have it. This is the end of the um, presentation and the, the presentation sort of gives an idea of how and why the meetup group called Exploring the Omoluabi Philosophy in the 21st Century was set up. So we're going to be, the subsequent podcasts are going to be focused on the meetup group. And um, we're going to be looking at different attributes of the Omoluabi to see how these attributes can be applied in our day-to-day -day lives in the 21st century to see whether they're realistic, whether they're applicable, what the benefits are, and just to see how it applies to us generally. So you can join the meetup uh, with the same name. It's on the meetup website. You can join it exploring the Omoluabi philosophy in the 21st century. Through that, you get to know when when we meet and you can join the conversation. Or you could, um, yeah, just subscribe to this channel and wait for the next podcast. Okay, bye. Have a good day.